Good morning. Thank you for that song, Dave. I think uh, this morning a number of the hymns have been have borne tremendous messages. I don't know if, if you all if it touched any of you all that way or not, but I want to draw a couple thoughts. This one we just sang as I have reflected on <clears throat> the past number of days and and the um, guess we could call it how how does one assess that which we don't understand that small child being taken um, how many of you thought of that type of thing when you sang this hymn anybody care to raise their hand We ask not, Father, for repose, which comes from outward rest. If we may through all life, through all life's woes, thy peace within our breast. I had to ponder some of those thoughts in my own experience, some of the thoughts you hear others express. <clears throat> and... Um, I won't say how we should feel, but perhaps ask a few questions. How big is our God? Is it right for me to say how awful? What a tragedy. Last evening I happened to see where there was, I don't know the details, but a... Uh, a plane of mission workers in Haiti were flying out and two, two American men were taken, leaving widowed families, widows and families. What is God thinking in those times? This hymn actually talks about our ability to comprehend and, and his position and how it relates to us having peace in those things. I'll leave you with those thoughts to ponder perhaps later. Um, before we go into the message this morning, I would just like to thank you for your kindness and prayers in recent weeks and uh, for your continued prayers and that God would give each of us grace as we face the changes of life as they come. <clears throat> I'd like to ask you to take your hymn books and look at the one of the hymns we've sung already this morning, 337. Zion awake, <clears throat> thy strength renew. <clears throat> Are you awake this morning? Do you feel weak or do you have sense the strength of God in you? I was blessed as we sang these verses together. 
And it um, goes along with the message this morning that we would like to look at from, from Romans 1, taking a thought there that we are called to be saints. And some of the defining areas that that manifests itself in. But if you look at these verses, perhaps you thought of them when we were singing them earlier. The first verse ends with these words, The king's fair daughter clothed in gold. And, um, you know, as a child of God, the beauty, his glory is not us, but his miraculous power and grace redeeming us, working in us, his will for his praise and glory. And then the, <clears throat> the goal of perhaps you have contemplated in recent weeks with conference and some of the messages that we have to stimulate our thinking and, and going forth in the work of our lives as God's people, the work of the church. How will that be seen? What will it minister to those around that look on? Gentiles and kings, thy light shall view and shall admire and love thee too. They come like clouds across the sky as doves that to their windows fly. <clears throat> In that calling, I invite you to open your Bibles to Romans 1 there. We'll read first part of these verses here. Recently in the ordinations that were held, you probably thought about who would be called, who would be tasked with those assignments. And yet I ask you the question this morning, do you feel a calling? Do you feel called? What is your calling? And I trust as we look at some of these passages of Paul's writings this morning that it will refresh in each of our hearts the vividness of God's call for us and what it means to be called to be saints. Let's begin reading in Romans chapter 1. <clears throat> I'll read through verse 7. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made the seed of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his, his name. And among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now likely we don't think in those terms very often, very many times, very many days of the week, that we go about life thinking of ourselves as saints, do we? And yet, there is a sense in which the scriptures hold forth that which 
helps us to understand what it means. Um, you know, in the, the world around us and the different uh, religious practice and focus there is a different focus of saints than what we understand the scriptures to use and we will allude to that briefly but I know as we studied Spanish and went into the the Latin world in Puerto Rico and Mexico and different places you began to understand that saints in general meant something different it would often mean someone who was held up as an idol, remembered it from history, a little statue, a little figure that was to be held in high regard and worshiped. And um, there are many that view those things that way. Called to be saints, how do we define a saint? I pondered the the term consecration. It's a, it's applicable. One that is set apart, called, um, would imply that there is a calling forth to to this focus. Here in the New Testament, the word in the Greek refers to. the believers that are called to be saints, um, a calling that sets them apart for a particular purpose, a particular service. And I think our Sunday school lesson laid a foundation of reminding us of a lot of what is involved as we come before God and uh, experience salvation by grace through faith. Do you, set up, do you feel set apart for God this morning? This past week, were there times, experiences, efforts, labors that you were involved in that you, that you realized, these are things I'm doing because of my calling, of God's calling upon my life, because of my desire to, to fulfill His will as I understand it. Would you have been convicted, if tried, of being a saint this past week, called of God? I thought it would be helpful to look at just a number of scriptures that, a lot of these come from Paul's writings, but let's just do that briefly. Um, Paul referred to the saints in a number of occasions in Romans 1, 7, of course, but in 1 Corinthians um, 1, verse 2, and a lot of his introductions we find it. And I'd like to just refresh our memories just a bit. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 1, verse 2. Under the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all that in every place Call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. 
their Lord, our Lord. Called to be saints. And he refers to that place of lordship here. Lordship is uh, Lord of all that we have and are. Um, not a certain apportionment of it. In the uh, introduction of chapter or Second Corinthians as well, we find this thought coming out time after time, not in every letter, but in many of those letters, um, Paul refers to that. <clears throat> Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in all Achaia. And um, Ephesians 1, here again we find almost all of these in the introductions. Ephesians 1.1. 1, 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. That's a synonymous term there, the, the call to be saints, those that by his grace through faith are found faithful in walking in obedience to the Lord Jesus. There is that um, parallel. In Philippians, he addresses to all the saints in Christ Jesus which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons. And then uh, one more, Colossians, I'll go to Colossians 1. To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Called to be saints. I ask you some questions this morning. It would be interesting to hear a discussion, uh, perhaps uh, by way of testimony of our personal perspectives in our lives. Uh, from one to the other, and um, we see that in Paul's greetings many times. He extends that and to whom it applies. But almost in every case there, we see along with that the description of brotherly love being extended and the, uh, the common foundational role that that is included there. And uh, I'll just look here in Colossians 1, verse 4. Since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints. To all the saints. The call for us to love to all and um, to each other as saints as well. As the called to be saints. Paul relates this love in Ephesians 1, verse 15. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus 
and love unto all the saints. Isn't it nice to have family, friends, fellowship where love is extended? Where there is grace shown to one another. That as we seek to reflect God's love extended to us. There's a number of verses yet in Philemon. If you care to turn there, I'd like to look at those thinking of this aspect of brotherly love. Verses 4 through 7 read this way. Paul says, I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Jesus Christ. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. There you see that relationship, that interaction of relationship, those in Christ before God set apart for the same purpose and the fellowship that is in that to be enjoyed in the household of saints. Some of the scriptures have helped us to think of the definition of a saint, what is involved. How does it manifest itself in some other ways? A walk close to God, perhaps. And um, in Ephesians, there's there's a number of verses here that, that Paul elaborates quite extensively on some of those qualities and characteristics. And we want to look at those just briefly here. Beginning in chapter 4 of Ephesians is where these verses speak to that. I won't take the time to to read all of this, um, but in the first part of chapter 4, he refers to the unity of the Spirit, that which is in common between those called to be saints. Verse 2 says, With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Some key elements of, of that which you find among the called to be saints. That is, they are walking in unity. There is a, a desire to walk in truth as well. Um, and later in the chapter, he talks about the new life those characteristics of those called to be saints that are walking in obedience and by God's grace, they are no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. What does it mean to be describe the life of a saint. We already looked at a lot of the verses that reflected 
on that the life of a saint is one that is walking in love. For us to walk in love toward one another, the love of Christ must dwell in us, must fill us, must empower us by his grace to love the unlovely and to love mercy that's extended to us in our unloveliness. And these verses here, the last part of chapter 4, talk about that laying laying the past behind us, the past of sin, that which was before, and moving forward in truth. Um, the, The work of love in our hearts is a very key element for us. He talks about in the beginning of chapter 5 what needs to be forgotten. But he says, walk in love, in verse 2, as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God for his sweet-smelling Savior. And then he goes on to list those things of the flesh that are to be no longer the practice of those called to be saints but to be, here it says, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather of giving of thanks. For this ye know that no whoremonger nor unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. And he talks a little bit more about the dangers of of being uh, drawn away. Drawn away by the words of men. And um, that can happen in so many subtle ways. Um, Second hymn we've sung this morning had a very interesting phrase in it. Forth in thy name, O Lord. Verse 3, preserve me from thy, my calling snare and hide my moment, my simple heart above. I'm sorry, let me read it over. Preserve me from my calling snare and hide my simple heart above, above the thorns of choking care and guilt, the gilded baits of worldly love. The things around us that, that tend to distract us, you know, sometimes we would say, well, we would never just go out and do that, do something perverse. And yet, Satan's goal is to distract, to, to draw us aside. The other Sunday evening, Brother Nathan used a scripture here that I found interesting. It, it was talking about being careful of not being led away. But the, the Spanish gave, the, the, the word the Spanish used was a word of not being led quite, but having your feet there, but your feet slipping a sliding of position with the pressures that are pulling. And, um, you know, that, that can so fitly depict the potential of, of error's way to distract us from fulfilling our calling to be saints. 
we should seek to be walking in the light, in the complete light of the word. <clears throat> in the last part of chapter 5, I'd like to note yet that those called to be saints are seeking to walk, be walking in wisdom. And we need wisdom from on high in so many aspects. In chapter 5, verse 15, I'll begin reading. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. This past week, have you thanked God for the Spirit's leading? Have you thanked God, have I, for the blessings that are ours? <clears throat> we should praise Him for providing us with an understanding, with words of wisdom from on high, to lead us and direct us in, in life's path. That we can fulfill the calling of called to be saints. This past week, have you coveted the opportunity to, to express God's goodness to you, to someone else? Mom and Dad left this morning early with my brother-in-law. And I had to, I had to ponder that a little bit. Kind of a last-minute question. Dad says, "Do you have any tracks?" And yet, in his very limited way, you know, being hard of hearing and not very mobile and difficult to be able to converse with to the average person, he still had that desire that he could convey the good news of the gospel to someone that needed it. Did you have that desire last week? Called to be saints. <clears throat> God has richly blessed us. And I'd like to remind us not only of our calling, not only of what is descriptive of, of us as God's people, but also I'd like to look just a little bit at which some of those details of which fill us with not only joy here and now, but with the, the hope of that which comes hereafter. Um, we have such a blessed hope. Going back to some other words of Paul in chapter 1, verse 18. Paul says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of, his glory, of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. 
We live in a world that people just want to avoid that which they don't enjoy. They don't have a whole lot of description beyond that. Yes, most would say they want to to come in safekeeping in the hand of God, and yet they don't really understand it. And yet the scriptures help us to grow and, and embrace our understanding. And Paul says, he uses this word picture, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance and in the saints. Have you began, begun to grasp the blessings of God here and now, not only here and now. He carries that thought forward in verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. If we keep reading there, it would point out in more detail the expanse of his majesty of his power, of his greatness. And when we are reminded that he is the potter and we are the clay, does it not help us to ponder and to understand life from the perspective that there is one who knoweth and doeth all things well? In chapter 2, verse 7, Paul says that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. I believe that which we have experienced as God's people is only the beginning of that which he has worked on our behalf through Christ. And Paul expresses that thought here, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Sometimes it's so easy for us to <clears throat> think in terms of that which we've accomplished, and we talked about that some in the lesson this morning, or you relate to someone who has the perspective of being a self-made individual, Let us never forget that all that which we have and have been given is from the hand of God. Let us never forget. Let us also never forget that the hope of those called to be saints is something that includes what we find. I'll turn to Second Peter if you want to look there. Several couple of verses here in chapter 3. <clears throat> Peter writes, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. What, what special words? You know, we know that the world around us is an ugly place, and yet we see certain aspects of that which we have taken for granted in this nation. 
to be on very shaky ground. And you see the varying elements of, of uh, perspective touting their authority, their unwillingness to back down, their unwillingness to, to retreat on their positions. And the threats of war and rumors of wars in the world around us in such a, a special group of verses here, we look beyond the travail of this world. We look beyond the confusion. We look beyond the things that would fall, according to the dictionary, under the qualification of insanity being promoted in the world around us. And we can say, Heavenly Father, how long? How long? And yet, let us not forget that there have been others who have <clears throat> faced difficulties in, in ways that we can only recount of as well. I'd like to close out here with concluding passage of verses on reinforcing that hope of a, of a saint, those called to be saints in uh, Revelation chapter 21. The end of our journey here, our labors here, we are found faithful. That blessed hope extends beyond what we can comprehend. <clears throat> and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. Neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I, will, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. What words of comfort and rejoicing for our hearts as we rest in God. And what message of compassion should be springing forth in those called to be saints for those who are not prepared to meet their God. This morning as we worship, 
I trust that we've, we've covered some verses, some scriptures that will help you, will help me be reminded of our calling, that it's a real call, that it's a blessed call, and that it's a call that will have and hopefully has had a very transformative impact in our lives, in our pathway, and that we can go forth rejoicing as the children of God for his glory.